0: After years of being treated by a healthcare system that didn't know how to identify and manage autoimmune diseases effectively, our next guest believed that decoding the body's hidden patterns would lead to a truly personalized approach to disease management. As an authority on autoimmune issues, Metta Dyerberg, founder and CEO of Miami, joins us to share how she began using data to overcome her chronic autoimmune disease and why she took her passion and expertise to launch her fast-growing startup. Join us to learn from Metter and how you can be a part of the Miami mission as she and her team passionately dedicate themselves to improving the quality of life for people living with autoimmune diseases. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Vasselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Hi, Metter. Welcome to our podcast and thank you for taking the time to be with us today.
1: Thank you so much, Mike, for having me. Always well, excited to have these conversations.
0: Well, I'm excited for today's conversation, given you built an autoimmune protocol after having hacked your own health. But before we dive into this inspiring and insightful work, a bit of housekeeping, while listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. You will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Lastly, Please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Clubhouse in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Metter, it's almost time for our community to learn how Miami has created a digital care program to detect triggers for disease symptoms and that improves the quality of life for those living with autoimmune disease. But first, we're going to randomly select a question to get to know you here, a little icebreaker. Oh, we're talking. What do you do outside of building your company, Mindy? What's one thing you love to do? What's that one hobby that you just absolutely
1: love? Anything involving water. Pretty much, like all summer, I'm on the beach. I love the beach. I love. A, I think what it is more than anything is for me, it's equal freedom. Whether it's like summertime in a bikini or all bundled up in the fall, I just love being by the water or on a boat, for that matter.
0: So, do you prefer ocean or do you prefer river, lake, or does it not even matter?
1: Oh, no. Ocean.
0: Ocean for sure.
1: I hadn't even put a question mark on that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You didn't even blink. You didn't even blink. Ocean for sure. And you live close to water. Yeah.
1: No, I live in New York City, but you know, it's doable. Half an hour in a car.
0: Yeah. It's not too far. I mean, hey, you know, it's not the warm weather like you get down in Mexico, but you do have water. So, I mean, there's that. And I do I love the ocean as well, but if I always, for personally, Metro, for me, if I had to choose, I'm a mountain guy living in Colorado. I just okay. love the mountains, but there is something special about the ocean. I grew up on the West Coast, and we always took a family trip to do fishing in the summertime in the Pacific Ocean. It is an amazing place to be. I personally love it as well. So, thank you for sharing that, and if hopefully, well, summer will be here soon so we can get back out on the beach and hang out. So, thank you for sharing a bit about yourself, and I'm looking forward to discussing your journey and mission with Miami. After we get back from thanking our community champion sponsor, the need for resilient healthcare professionals who can navigate change and crises is higher than ever before. Traditional education has fallen short of providing the necessary skills for when and how they're needed. Dignity Health Global Education fills the educational gap and reimagines workforce development for clinical and non clinical professionals across the sector. At the intersection of ed tech and custom corporate training, DHGE offers online programs that foster authentic leadership, data-driven decision-making, and entrepreneurial innovation. Developed with CEOs and CNOs, DHGE programs combine industry expertise and top-tier academic knowledge from industry leaders like Duke CE, ASU's Thunderbird, and Pepperdine Grazadio. To learn how DHGE can guarantee an improved ROI on education for your organization, head over to dhge.org or visit the episode notes and click on their link. We are back with Metter Dyerberg, the CEO of Miami, and we have a lot to discuss. Metter, you have been at it now for quite some time with Miami, but the thing is, is you hacked your own health to figure this out, to bring these innovations to the marketplace. How the heck did all this come together in the first place? How did you hack your own health and then give us a bit of the journey of taking all of that experience, turning it into a company that is now known as Miami? We'll discuss then what's happening in the marketplace for your company, where you guys are at, where things are heading. And then how we can get a hold of you. But first, take us on that journey. How does one hack their own health?
1: Pure desperation. (laughs) I think in my case, I had been a non-immune sufferer for about 20 years when my doctor's team told me they had great news. And as any chronic disease patient will tell you, they have doctors at every finger. And upon arriving at the hospital, I was told that I wasn't going to die in, quote unquote, the immediate future which didn't necessarily equal my great news experience. So I asked them, what's the great news? And it got exceedingly awkward from that moment onwards because they had considered this to be good news. And I literally in my head remember thinking, if I went to my board of advisors and told them we're not going to go bankrupt in the immediate future, I would be out of a job. So I only posed one question, which is what are we going to do about my process? And my doctor looked me straight in the eye, didn't even blink twice and said, we're happy with your numbers. And ever grateful that that was what he decided to share, because as an economist who feels very comfortable with numbers, and almost to the point of autistic memory in terms of numbers, that was completely unacceptable to me. So I basically left the hospital that day. And I remember standing outside and calling my mom and saying, I'm not going back. I had no idea what I was going to do. I was disempowered as a patient, but in some weird way empowered as a human being, right? Because all of a sudden it was onerous on me. And so I did the only thing I knew how to, I turned my life into numbers. And I basically started first journaling and then turning those sort of insights into Excel spreadsheets. And it became very clear that I sort of needed the metadata. So started texting myself so that I would have the timestamps of when something occurred, and then started, you know, building out like bowel movements and symptomology and whatever I could sort of pick up on. And the one thing that I never knew at the time was that I apparently have always viewed the world in patterns, but at this moment in time, that really became a valuable skill set. So I was actually able to, in a very succinct way, sort of Realized that moment in time that I was actually seeing certain patterns between what I was doing and how I was feeling. So it was really sort of A B testing my way through my own data. And because I knew nothing about healthcare, I turned to the one thing that I understood, which was process optimization. And so I really sort of tinkered my way. And after five months, I proved I wasn't a cardiac patient. And this was after eight years of blood thinners, cholesterol lowers, weekly EKGs. And a lot of my autoimmune conditions had really been sort of at least to refer to as because of your cardiac issues. And so I thought to myself, maybe I can tinker my way out of all of it. And 16 months to the date of when I had started this journey, I had normalized my blood work. I had reversed all my disease symptoms and I had gotten off all of my drugs. Including specialty farmer. And so for me, this was like, you know, the moment, right? Now I was ready to move on, get on with my life. Um, but I just had one final visit, which was back to the hospital to show them my data. And nobody was really interested in seeing the data. And not only that, they told me that I probably hadn't been sick in the first place. And as a foreigner who's here on a visa with a very expensive surplus of having six pre existing conditions on my insurance, I took out my hand and I said, okay, I'll take that deal. And the doctor looked at me and he goes, what deal? I said, you just told me that I probably wasn't sick. So you are insinuating that this was psychological and I'll take it because my insurance probably will be a lot better if this is taken off the EHR. And he goes, well, we can't take it off the EHR. You know, your organ involvement, your blood work, your disease trajectory, there's no way that we could do that. And I said, well, this sounds like Excuse my French, but it sounds like a really shitty deal. So I'm basically spending 20 years in the system. And then now I'm being told that whatever I did was really because I wasn't sick in the first place. You can have it one of two ways. And so this company was really built out of sheer stubbornness because I thought to myself, like, I flushed my 20s and 30s to a disease I was told I had no influence over or could impact in any way. And there must be many others like me that wouldn't benefit from me having done it in a silo. Um, So, you know, it really sort of came down to a series of events or luck or whatever you decide to call it. First off, Kevin Kelly started the quantified self-movement with Gary Wolf. And I spoke at the very first one about my experiences And then the biohacking movement really became sort of second home for a couple of years while I was building my last company. And while I was sort of looking at how everybody was thinking about the body and hacking it, I was really focused or obsessed, some would say, about the how do you ask the right questions? Because I feel like so much of what goes wrong in healthcare is because we don't ask the right questions. And I even saw it amongst, you know, the computer geeks that were optimizing for better performance on the bike or whatever they were doing. They were computing a lot of data, but a lot of them didn't get, you know, a lot of insights that really moved the needle. And for me, it was really all about how do we move the needle for patients essentially like myself that are stuck in this, you know, parallel world where a lot of things are out of reach. And so. MyMe was founded based on case stories and a lot of conversations between me and my then co-founder, Thomas, around how do we build sort of a system where we apply process optimization and really think like Deming or Lean, Agile process optimization to the human body. So Howard describes this as a distant analogous field, but really taking something that works quite well already established and then apply it to a different field. And it ended up being that it worked. And it didn't just work for me and for the first handful of people we took through. It worked across the board. So traditionally, autoimmune disease has been seen as over 100 different diseases based on where the body was getting attacked. And we're fundamentally asking a different question, which is why. And when you are answering that question, all of a sudden, these diseases roll up into One mechanism. So, if you might had prostate cancer, had breast cancer, it would both be cancer. Whereas with autoimmune diseases, we've sort of separated them based on where the body was getting attacked. And so, our fundamental protocol actually is now tested over sixty different autoimmune diseases, and we can actually inquire the same results, even if it's a lupus patient or an RA patient um, that is going through the program.
0: And Mentor, it's an interesting segue to go into, you were talking about this journey and that you started seeing it working, you know, because it could be just an end of one and that it worked for you, right? But then you started testing it out and seeing it was successful with others. Did you know at that point that you wanted to turn this into a company that is now formalized as Miami? I mean, was that your end vision? Did you know that that was going to happen? Or did you just start seeing that you had to do this, right? What was that point in time when you started recognizing, holy cow, this is a company?
1: So it was sort of research efforts for a long time before it became a company, mostly because being a part of Quantified Self, a lot of people were raising money and we were offered money as well. But we were sort of stuck in this rut of, we don't want to do like a gaming app or something. We want to solve a really big, hard problem, and we have no idea of how to solve it. So in a way, we wanted to have the time and the luxury of time to do it right and really make an impact. We didn't know at the time whether we were going to succeed, but we felt pretty confident that between us and Thomas, my co-founder, had been hacking his seasonal allergies. So between me hacking my autoimmune disease and him looking at his allergies and both of us finding the same sort of methodology working, we felt pretty confident that we could do it. We just didn't know how yet. And so a lot of the first quote unquote clients that I had really were people that had heard me speak somewhere or had a cousins whose dog's grandmother had met them somewhere and said, oh my God, I met this woman who did something about it. And so initially we only worked with confounding cases, people who had Lyme's disease, autoimmune disease, but undiagnosed. And then at some point when we started really formalizing it, we started, um, working much more specific with disease labels like lupus. And the choice of lupus really came because it was one of the more confounding cases. And we decided that if we were going to do this right, we needed to solve the hardest problem first and then sort of move backwards into the easier disease labels.
0: What is MIMI? I know you've given that pitch many times, (laughs) but for our community, what have you built?
1: Yeah, so MIMI is a digital care program helping individuals reverse the disease symptoms from autoimmune disease. And in short, it's sort of like a three-prong. You have an app where you report data. It could be your symptomology, it could be your bowel movements, it could be your dietary intake. And then we take that data and through data analytics, figure out what are the patterns? What is the causality between what your body is signaling and how that comes out in terms of symptoms? And by identifying the patterns, we can understand what is the triggers, your autoimmune system to attack itself. And then we take those machine learnings and turn them into behavior changes by an army of health coaches that are essentially all reverse their own autoimmune disease symptoms. So you can almost see the journey as we are replacing lab work with machine power in order to pinpoint what is it that triggers each individual to have this overreaction. And so from my point of view, what what makes it so both simple and beautiful is that our bodies are pretty magnificent machines. But when you sort of have these breakdowns, We don't know what to do with them. And oftentimes we make it to be very complex, like complex problems need complex solutions. But what we found is actually that you can pinpoint by looking at the body signaling, you can turn that noise into understanding. And that's in a nutshell what the protocol does. Um, We are a tool for individuals to provide self-care for themselves between doctor's visits. And to the rheumatologist, we are a tool the same way as the electric truth brush was when it was introduced to the dentist. That is so cool.
0: And so in regards to everybody's going to always ask us, well, how's it paid for matter? How do you get this paid for? Where's the business model behind it? Can you give us a bit of understanding there?
1: Yeah. So we originally started out by actually validating it in the payer space. And um, the reason we did that was because we felt it was super important to have a value-based model showing that not only could we make people better, but we could also make them cheaper. And by reducing cost, we saw that as sort of the market we would be going after. Uh, We proved out that we could shave up $20,000 per participating member doing that. But we also saw a very rigid old school system that would take us a really long time to really scale into the numbers that we want to scale this company into. So we actually resettled. And we are now building a consumer company. We believe that there will be a covered benefit for something like Miami and let's say 23. But as we are going towards that point in time, we are building a consumer company because at the end of the day, here's full alignment between the person who has the problem and the person who's paying for it.
0: And in regards to, you know, because people always ask, well, it's great that these technologies are being built and it sounds awesome. But what has the response been from the people and the end users, the consumers that have used your technology? I got to imagine they've just been profound responses, game-changing responses that probably rip you out of bed in the morning to keep building, to keep moving your mission forward. What's the response been from consumers out there?
1: So the biggest response after having gone through the program is that people are in disbelief that it was possible to feel like themselves again. I think many with autoimmune disease The blue sky dream gets smaller and smaller and smaller, right? And so, you know, we originally did a lot of our work in poor communities in the South, and we would have clients on board that would have dreams like, I just want to cook a meal for my family once a week because I'm useless as a human being. I'm not providing for my family, I'm not being able to do anything. And so, when that same person was three, four months later able to do their own laundry and walk their kids to school and cook meals, that was a huge conquest, right? And for others, it's tinkering themselves from being able to do almost everything on their biologic drugs, but they really would like to put on their running shoes. And so then we help people take that last bit of the way. Um, I feel like everybody's journey is unique to them, similarly to how the triggers are unique to each individual. So we really help people optimize their health. I think healthcare to a large extent has for way too long been sort of optimizing against, you know, death or worse. And I think from our perspective, it really comes down to how can we improve our life and our quality of life while we're here.
0: And in regards to where things are heading, right? This is such an important space. I think, you know, I almost view it as like a personalized medicine type situation, right? That you're going after things that are acutely impacting the consumers that you're serving. So where do you see things in the future? Are you going to expand your offering in regards to the type of chronic illnesses that are out there? What does it look like in the next two to three, three to five years in this space? Give us a little bit of that forward-thinking view of how you and Miami see the future and where you see the company heading in regards to who you serve, how you're serving them, etc.
1: So I think what we've spent the majority of the last years on was really... Nailing a protocol that would allow everybody that was suffering from symptoms of autoimmune disease to reverse them. Now we're at the next sort of phase of the company where just because you figured out what your triggers are, that doesn't mean you're not going to be vulnerable for life. So we're really now starting to look at how can we as a company build a simple, accessible way for people to live with these chronic diseases in a way that doesn't take so much effort in their day to day. So, you know, we internally, we talk about my, me for life, and it's really because having someone to hold your hand and ensure that, you know, the right supplements land at your doorstep um, is going to be a very big component of making it easier for our members. Um, At the same time, when you're asking me, are we going to expand beyond autoimmune disease in the next five years? Hell no. Like, there's absolutely no way because we are in a position where There's 41, or at least this was the last public number in the U.S., 41 million people affected by autoimmune disease in the U.S. Um, We have seen that, you know, viruses and infections have always been the biggest trigger for autoimmune disease. And so this pandemic that we've just gone through has actually just never seen, you know, Borrelia or, I guess it's called Lyme's disease in the U.S., Lyme's disease, uh, Epstein-Barr and so on, none of those had a reach of 100 million people, right? So we are seeing autoimmunity spike like we've never seen before. And out of the COVID long haulers, it's expected to land on a number between 10 to 38 million additional sufferers. So I unfortunately believe that this problem is growing and there's going to be enough to do. And I also think that fundamentally when people think about a space, you know, diabetes is probably the best for example, there's an economic model, there's a standard of care protocol that really has been approved and built into sort of the healthcare system as we know it, whether it's Medicare or otherwise. And it's built on these known causalities, body mass index, glucose, insulin, and there's hundreds of digital telehealth companies and billions of dollars of investment flooded into this market against those models based on known causalities. Autoimmune disease, on the other hand, there's no uniform institutionalized chronic care management model. Autoimmunity differs by individual, there's no cure, and there's a vulnerability for life. So we're essentially in a place where a lot of the initial um, still health offering and digital care offerings, they were built out of these known causalities that were translated into technology. We are sort of the new frontier, which is when you use technology to build something completely new using that technology. And so finding and locating these unknown causalities is what is our strength. And then we combine it with personalized nutrition so that we're able to not only give people the answers, but we're also able to hold their hand and ensure that this becomes sustainable change for them going forward.
0: And so Metro with that, it sounds like that this has just become a bigger and bigger problem or And even with COVID-19, it's been even exposed more, which we've seen a lot of things happen through the pandemic that have really changed the game and really exposed and has shined a light, you know, whether it be telemedicine or vaccine development and now what you're talking about here. And so with that matter, where can we be helpful? Where can our community be helping you as this problem is so immense, the opportunity for Miami to help solve for it is also immense, but what can we as our community be doing to help you with one problem, need, or question for you to meet your mission?
1: Well, the reality is that consumers suffering from autoimmunity, they have the power to control their immune system and ultimately their health. But navigating the sea of information, you know, unbacked claims, trial and error approaches for many sort of the way to go, they're utterly alone. So my ask would really be if you are, have like a loved one Um, suffering from autoimmune disease or COVID long haul, you know, please introduce them to MyMe. We're still a small company. So awareness is the biggest obstacle in terms of growth. And MyMe is spelled M-Y-M-E-E dot com. And MyMe is really, the name came about because it's a reflection of you. It's a mirroring of you. So there's the way we think we live. And then there's sort of like the digital track, which is the truth or truth and numbers at least. And a lot of times, the closer we can get those two tracks to each other, the healthier the human being. So if there was one ask for my point of view, is if you're listening here and you know someone who's suffering from an autoimmune disease or COVID long hauler, please introduce them to my me and they won't be alone again.
0: Well, we'll certainly include that. You've already listed the website, but where else can we find you online, social media handles, LinkedIn or otherwise? Where can we find you to get a hold of you better?
1: So my social media handle, you know, obviously I'm a data geek. So it's Meta Meta, M-E-T-A, Meta. And then my first name Meta, M-E-T-T-E. Or anyone who's interested in talking, shoot me an email. It's my first name, Meta, at com.
0: Well, easy enough. And we'll also have those contact points in the episode notes. If you scroll down in your favorite podcast player, you'll be able to find those contact points and click on through. Or you can head over to our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com where there'll also be a post for this episode where you can leave comments, feedback, ideas, or otherwise for Metter and our team. So thank you for sharing that. Really do appreciate it. We're going to start closing it out. I have a fill in the blank for you. I'm a passionate pioneer because
1: I am building a purpose-driven company.
0: Oh, I love it. Absolutely. Well, Metter, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and sharing such an important topic and a timely one as well. You're doing incredible work and it was so great to learn more about it and how we all can get involved and be a part of the Miami mission. But for now, thank you again for taking a pit stop and being with us today.
1: Thank you so much, Mike. It was a pleasure.
0: Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli.